Hello, and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Dominique Russell. In this episode of The Research Files, we're looking at a project that was conducted in New Zealand, and it's all about game-based learning practices. My guest is Rachel Bolstad. She's a senior researcher at the New Zealand Council for Educational Research and began this research with the aim to investigate how games of all kinds might deepen and enrich student engagement with learning across the curriculum. Students as young as grade three and as old as year 13 were involved, along with their teachers, and the results really do point to the potential game-based learning could have. Let's get straight into it with a brief background into why this research was conducted. So the project, when we started out in 2015, it was very much an exploratory piece of work because what I'd, I'd had a bit of a look around uh, at this field of, of games and, and where do games fit into learning. And so I was curious about what was already known, um, what New Zealand research had already been done in this area. And what I found was that it was quite hard to piece together much of a picture. So I could find little pockets of, of work here and there. Sometimes um, some university educators had uh, researched and written papers about their own use of games or gamification in their courses, but couldn't really find very much that talked about what was happening in schools. So, um, so that's what we set out to do. And I'd looked around at what was happening internationally and uh, just thinking about the idea that was kind of around in the ether at the time that uh, games and digital games in particular perhaps held some um, useful uh, keys to, to what the future of learning may look like. So we were really trying to understand um, well, what does practice look like in real classrooms with real teachers and students when they're bringing games into that setting? And in our case, we were very agnostic about what kinds of games. So we didn't say um, we didn't say we were just going to look at digital games, for example. We were interested in anything, whether it was board games, uh, games that people created themselves in their own classrooms, uh, or gamification. And so you're using the term game-based learning throughout the report. For those who might not really know, what does that mean to you? So um, we use game-based learning because that's what seems to have emerged as the most convenient umbrella term to describe a whole bunch of different practices involving games. So essentially it can include anything um, from learning that involves making games, or playing games, or designing games, or critically analyzing games. Um, and game-based learning can involve digital games or non-digital games. And it can also include gamification, which is, that refers to the idea not of necessarily using games per se, but taking some of the um, concepts and ways that games work and applying them to a non-game situation. So game-based learning, it's not the its not the only term that's used in that sort of all-encompassing way. Uh, some people prefer the terms like gameful or game-infused. Um, and I think it's important to uh, understand that when we say game-based learning, we're not saying that the 
whole of the learning is entirely based in the game, uh, but that learning can be enhanced through integration of some aspects of games. Yeah, some people use gamification in the same way. So yeah, there's a lot of debate around what gamification does or doesn't mean. So we're just trying to use one consistent term. Yeah, and so also understanding the relationships between how different kinds of game-based learning can fit in with teachers' curriculum and their pedagogical goals was an aspect in the project. Mm -hmm. So what did you find in relation to that? Yeah, so it's, it's a really good question and it's a hard one to give a short answer to because what we saw was that teachers who really knew what they were doing with games can weave in almost any kind of curriculum or pedagogical goal into game-based learning and likewise they can draw out almost any curriculum connection that might emerge through game-based learning. Uh, but there definitely were some general themes that I can speak about. So first I would say uh, pedagogically that learner engagement was a really big primary goal for a lot of the teachers and often that was why they might start using games or integrating some aspect of game into the classroom because um, they knew that was something that their students really enjoyed. And they also noticed that something in the classroom, something in the dynamics of the classroom shifted into a different mode when games were part of that space. So they would describe it using, they often describe it using their hands, kind of waving their hands and saying, talking about the classroom was fizzing or was buzzing or was humming. Um, and one of the teachers in our study put it this way, she said, this is very early on in our project, she said something happens when students start playing games and I want to understand what that is. Um, so that was uh, often the entry point for teachers was engagement and following the interests of their learners. And then the next thing that I'd say is really common across a lot of the contexts we looked at was about using games as a way of developing students' individual capabilities and their group capabilities, or what we would call key competencies in a curriculum context. So often what we would see in schools was the use of games that are um, collaborative in nature or social in nature. So from your traditional tabletop games through to really complex role-playing games. And the teachers that we worked with saw those kinds of games as opportunities for students to develop all sorts of capabilities, including um, their abilities to communicate effectively with one another, uh, to resolve conflict and tension, um, to figure out rules or figure out or adapt rules of gameplay, um, collaboration, how to strategize, how to become better at games that really kind of stretch them in terms of their prior knowledge or skills um, so that kind of thing and some of the teachers that we worked with was very interesting because some teachers identified as gamers and some said at the beginning of the project I know almost nothing about games and the teachers who themselves were gamers uh, they sort of had like this insider understanding of some of the games that they used so they already knew how complex or challenging certain kinds of games could be so they knew exactly where the stretch points for their students would be, and so they could plan for those, or that's why they would introduce certain kinds of games. Um, so for example, one of our case studies involved a year 13 history class, um, and in that class students were role-playing at this 
very complex peace building negotiation game, which played out over six class periods. And in that case, uh, one of the one of the two teachers there himself played a lot of these complex strategy games, and they had really explicit goals about students uh, experiencing firsthand this understanding of how complex real world conflicts can be. And through that, they were thinking about things like developing students' history empathy, so their ability to uh, not just learn about historical conflicts as a series of events that happened, but to actually think about those from what that might have been like for people who were part of those pieces of history and making sense of choices and decisions that people make um, in, in situations of conflict. So I thought that was a really good example of um, a way in which teachers were able to bring together their understanding of what's possible within a particular kind of game and merging that really nicely with a, quite a complex, high-level curriculum goal in a specific context, so in this case, social science context. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I noticed as well that some of the teachers seem to have discovered that game-based learning would be beneficial if it was integrated into the classroom more in the long term. What are some of the benefits to more long-term integration? Mm. Yeah, well, I think, um, and I think this is probably what some of the teachers we work with discovered as well, particularly those that were coming at it um, from, I guess, more of a novice uh, level. So these are the teachers who knew that their students were really into games. They thought this is going to be something they'll really engage with or be able to build an inquiry around it for a term. Um, but actually, once they got started, they could see that there was so much more possibility lying within kind of the game space or in particular the game design space that, it, you know, they, they, they simply like couldn't really contain it just within the amount of time that initially allocated. Um, so I think it's about sort of shifting from thinking about games as a topic or games as a maybe a solution to a particular learning goal um, and instead shifting into this different space where you actually start to see them as a way of thinking or a way of doing things um, and start to see that within this game space and game-based learning space there's this whole set of tools and ideas and strategies that you can draw on um, in so many different ways to enhance teaching and learning. And, and I think yeah. that's what, what happens to teachers once they kind of, it's almost a little bit, I wouldn't, don't want to say it's like sort of joining a cult, but for some of us <laughs> and for some of the teachers we've worked with, it is a little bit like that. You sort of start to, you think it's one thing and then you start engaging with it and, and actually you start to see there's so much more you can do and also you want to be able to bring your colleagues along with you. You also spoke to secondary school students as well not just teachers so I'm interested in perhaps some of their opinions and reflections about the role of games in their lives and in this education setting. Yeah well um, unfortunately we did some of the secondary students that we talked to um, did express this a sense that um, not only was their interest in games kind of perhaps looked down on um, by, by some of the adults around them, but 
sometimes they felt like they themselves were looked down on or dismissed because you know they were sort of considered to be um, not successful students or students that were uh, mucking around or, or wasting time um, or were focusing their attention on the wrong things. Um, so that was that was very interesting. Um, we did find that students, not just secondary, but students of all ages, so we talked to students as young as um, year three and four primary students right up to year 13, um, and they could talk at length and very passionately about games um, and why they loved them and what kinds of games they enjoyed uh, and what they thought that they learned through the games that they played. Um, and, and one question that was like of particular interest to lots of teachers was they would look at the students playing games and they'd, they'd say like, why is it that these children will spend hours and hours and hours um, trying to overcome, you know, a particular challenge or complete a quest in a game, but we don't see that same um, persistence and motivation in another setting, in a, in a learning setting. So that was one of the things we talked to students about. Um, and yeah, actually the students were, were able to really clearly articulate uh, for them what the differences were and why it was that games kind of, even if they were struggling or failing in a particular aspect, still uh, gave them that pull to continue. And they often felt like school didn't give them the same degree of uh, sort of instantaneous feedback on how well they were doing or the, the sense of gratification that they would get within games that kind of kept them going. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, like everyone else, students are diverse in their interests and, you know, some like yeah. certain kinds of games and others like different kinds of games and, and some didn't really particularly like games at all. You know, they had different interests and passions. Yeah, definitely. And just finally then, there were some strategies as well that were listed about how to become a game-confident teacher. Could you go over what those are? Yeah. So these are just some of the things that we noticed um, seemed to help uh, build student, uh, sorry, build teachers' confidence and capability to explore games or to keep adding to their game-based learning repertoire. So one of those things was simply... Um, doing some reading um, or listening to podcasts or finding content on YouTube to expose them to more ideas about game-based learning. So that's that's one of the strategies. And again, um, one of the things teachers would tell us is that once you start thinking about games and you're attentive um, to game-based learning content, they, they, they find they can find stuff everywhere. Yeah, so there's always plenty to read. Uh, the next strategy was actually playing games um, and particularly for teachers that didn't think of themselves as being game players or didn't think they were really interested in games. Um, other teachers who sort of found themselves in that position thought, well, actually, maybe I don't really know as much about the kinds of games that are out there than you know what I just know from my own personal experience. So finding uh, opportunities to get together with friends or with other teachers um, to share ideas about games that have been useful in the classroom or even to just learn some of the newer games that are out there, including tabletop games. There's some really uh, amazing, awesome, beautiful tabletop games um, that 
definitely weren't around, you know, in my childhood. Um, and I think there's a lot happening in that kind of game space that if you're not actively you know, part of that community, you actually might be missing out on um, some really amazing resources. Um, and also the idea of having a go at trying to design games, I think that's a really challenging and, and useful way to get a um, sort of diving in the deep end, I would say, and realising that the process of game design itself is a hugely uh, rich learning opportunity. It's a bit hard to design a game, design a good game. Um, yeah, another thing that teachers often did, and this is particularly in the primary classes that we worked with, was that teachers would actually find out what students already know about games or even take advice from students on games they could try or um, a teacher might sort of put out an idea of something you know that they were going to focus on in their learning and then ask students to suggest games that they knew that they thought lined up with that learning goal. Um, yeah and I think that's a really important message too is that through game-based learning, students' knowledge becomes um, a really useful resource in the classroom, and particularly game knowledge, which isn't always considered to be, um, let's say, valuable knowledge or um, worthwhile learning knowledge. Actually, and with an experienced teacher who knows how to make those connections, um, drawing out that existing knowledge resource that students have already got and then finding ways to build on that um, opens up, again, like opens up so many uh, new pathways. And that's today's episode of The Research Files. To listen to more of this series or any of our other podcasts covering a range of topics, just head to aceer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen A-C-E-R. You can find the full transcript, which includes links to some further reading, at teachermagazine.com.au. That's where you'll also find our latest articles, videos and infographics for free.